Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good to see each of you. I want to say welcome to the online audience. Thank you so much for being with us as well. I'm grateful to you. You're so, so faithful to us, and I thank you for that. And let me go ahead and say, because I probably will not get to each one of you, but happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. May it be blessed. May it be blessed this week. May it be a sweet time with your family this week. So I'm wrapping up a series called Prune and Bloom. It's the last in this series. We'll jump into Christmas. And, uh, but this series has been very, uh, it's been very impacting in a lot of people's lives. When you, when you, when you take a series called Prune and Bloom, the whole thing was built out of John 15, and we'll look at that in just a little bit. But when you talk about pruning and blooming, that's what we are as his children called to do. We are called to bloom. We are called to make much fruit. Why? Because we, by our fruit, they will know us, all right? And if we know Jesus as our Savior and Lord, he put a seed in us at salvation, and he wants to grow that seed up so he can put fruit on our lives so that other people recognize and they ask us about our fruit. And we can quickly turn that around to Jesus because there is no fruit that we produce apart from him. All fruit that we produce in our lives is all about Jesus. He's the one that does that. And so we looked at fruit. We looked at what it looks like. We looked at John 15, we broke that down. We went to Galatians 5 and we broke it down because in, in Galatians 5, there, there's the works of the flesh and we see that, it's ugly stuff. We know what our flesh will produce when it's left on its own. There is no PTO for the flesh, doesn't take any time off. If, it, if it's not controlled and if it's not surrendered, it will call the shots in your life and it will not be pretty because your flesh is nasty. I'm telling you, my flesh is nasty, all right? That's just what it is by nature. But if you're born again, child of the God, of God, he put his seed in us at salvation. He put his Holy Spirit in us. He wants to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit, all right? That's good stuff. That's good fruit. People will see that fruit, and they'll want that fruit. They'll see that flesh and that, that flesh work stuff. They don't want that. And so we looked at that today. We looked at that through this whole series. And so the question we kept asking ourselves is, what does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? What does the Holy Spirit want to produce in me? Because the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit wants to produce something in you. What does it want to produce? Well, it wants to produce fruit. Why does it want to produce the fruit? Because he wants fruit on your tree because by your fruit, you will know that you're my disciple. If you see fruit on someone's life, you will know they walk with the Lord. They will want what you have, all right? That's why he wants to produce the fruit in us. But sometimes he can't produce that fruit, okay? And there's certain things. So I want you to go to the text 
John 15, John 15, look at verse one. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my father is the gardener, or some translations will say vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. So I want you to see something real quick. Verse two does not end in a question mark. Do you see that? Verse two says that he will cut some things off or he will prune some stuff in our lives. Everything is going to get the knife, okay? Whether it's cut off or whether it's pruned so it can produce more fruit. He is not saying, Jeff, listen to me. I would like to cut some things or I would like to prune if you think it's a good idea. Do you think you need it, Jeff? Oh, no, I'm good. Listen, don't ask us a question on how we're doing. We're good, all right? He is saying this is not a question. This is not a question. I'm going to do this in your life because some of us have areas of our life that flat out need cut. We may have places we go and people we hang out with and they do not produce fruit. If you're with this group of people or you're at this location, your wife or your husband, they they know it. Sometimes your children even know it. There's some things in your life that need cut. They don't need pruned. They need cut. Because when you're with them and at the location that you're at, there's, you don't come home with fruit. It's not good. There's some stuff in our life that needs pruned. Maybe you're busy, you're too busy, your schedule, all that. Maybe God needs to prune some of the stuff in your life around your schedule and your stuff like that so that you can produce more fruit. That's a pruning job. He may do that. But each one of these things in verse two, he says, this is not a question. I'm not looking for your agreement here. I'm going to do this. Why? Because we talked about from the very beginning, a tree, a tree left to itself will become a mess every time. But what God does is he wants to grow us up out of that seed he put in us at salvation. He wants to grow us up to become all the tree that God wants us to be. Why? So that we produce a fruit that people will see, know where they're his disciple and want what we got. And sometimes there's stuff that just needs cut and pruned because of that. So I wanna keep going. Verse three, you're already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at verse eight. This is why we do it. This is to the Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Why do we bear much fruit? So that we show that we are his disciples. A disciple is a follower of Christ, a little Christian. That's what we are. As If we're born again, if there's been a time in our life that I've given our lives to Christ and we've been saved, then in, at that salvation, he put a seed in us. He put the Holy Spirit in us. And if we will cultivate the soil and put ourselves in the right positions for growth, that seed will grow and, and produce much fruit. But apart from him, you can do nothing. You must make sure you're grafted and connected to the vine because from the vine runs the juice that produces the growth in our lives. 
Matthew 28, 19 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're looking at fruit. We've looked at fruits of the Spirit. I'm gonna conclude with a fruit that is not listed in the fruits of the Spirit, but I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody who bears the name of Jesus from salvation, this better be a fruit in your life. Your tree must display this fruit because Jesus says this. Why do we have fruit? Look at verse eight again. To this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. What? Showing yourself to be what? My disciple. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples. Who makes disciples? Disciples make disciples. That's the great commission. That's what he called the church to do. But he didn't call the corporate church to do it necessarily only. He did the individual church. Now, the church is supposed to do it, but we're supposed to do it. Individually, we're supposed to do it. And you as a born-again child of the king, if you're born again and saved today, one of the major characteristics of your life is that you have been born again, and a fruit that must be on your tree is the fruit of say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If God has been good, then you need to say he's good. If God has done a work in your life, you need to what? Testify about how good God's been. I have a real issue with a person who says they're born again, but they never talk about the goodness of God. I'm sorry, but if you met my Jesus and you were once blind, but now you see, mm, come on, you're going to talk about that. I was once without life, but now I have life. I was once without peace, but now I have peace. I was once without hope. I have hope now. I was once without purpose, but I have a purpose now. I've met, I met Jesus. He redeemed me, and I've been different ever since. Let me tell you something. When you meet him, you'll talk about him. If God's been good to you, if God's been good to your marriage, if your marriage was on the rocks, it was in the dumps, it was in the ditch, and God reached down that mess and he picked you up and redeemed your marriage and he set you up on a rock, you better sing that song, man. You better sing that song. Many years ago, and I mean many years ago, back when I was in college, I was a sophomore in college, I was playing ball, and one of the guys that I played ball with I said, hey, man, I got to run to Athens. That's where I grew up in Athens, Texas. I said, I'm going to run home and check on my mom. My mom was recently divorced when I was a sophomore in college, and I wanted to go home and check on her. I said, hey, you want to run to Athens with me this weekend? I'm just going to stay Friday night, come back to campus on Saturday. He goes, shoot, yeah, I'll go with you. So we drive to Athens on a Friday. And uh, so Friday evening, I said to him, I said, hey, let's go eat, man. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. It's your town. You tell me where you want to eat. I said, well, if you come to Athens, you got to go to Old West Steakhouse. I'm sorry. And he said, Old West Steakhouse? What is that? I said, it's Steakhouse. My dad's a commercial sign painter. My dad did all the sign work for this restaurant. And he hand, you know, he did the old school brush and paint. And so we knew them real well. We knew everything about the business and everything. We knew all about the restaurant. So it was called Old West Steakhouse. And you, you see, some places are just known for what they what, you know, what's on their item? What, what's on the menu? What, what, what's they're good at? OS Steakhouse is known for one thing, ribeyes. And I know it's a little bit before lunch, and I'm about to kill y'all, okay? Because the rest of the way, we're just talking about food, so buckle up, all right? So 
Old West Steakhouse is known for ribeyes. So we pull up at Old West Steakhouse, me and my buddy, we walk into the restaurant, we sit down, and I look over to him and say, hey, man, do you want me to recommend anything to order? No, I'm good. One steakhouse, been to one steakhouse, been to all of them. I'm like, all right, big boy. I said, are you sure I can't make any recommendations about what you want to order here? No, I'm good. You know, I'm a chicken fried steak kind of guy. I'm like, that's such an insult to a steakhouse. You should ask for your, you should, I may just see the boss. I forgive me, boss. I'm going to order a, a, a chicken fried steak at your restaurant. So my buddy said, no, nah, I'm going to get me a chicken fried steak. So the, so the guy comes by, and, and he says, you guys ready to order? Said, he said, sure. And I said, you want to start with you? I said, okay. I, I, want, I want a ribeye. I need a medium well. I need a baked potato, everything but sour cream, and a salad with ranch dressing. And he says, sir, how about you? He said, I want a chicken fried steak and some green beans, some mashed potatoes, and gravy. I was like, oh, that sounds so Texan, but you're going to be highly disappointed here. Right? And I can't believe he did it. So he looks at me, and I look at him, because here's my definition of a steakhouse. If you've got a good ribeye, there's four sides to a, to a, to a plate, and one side is reserved for the, for the baked potato. But the other three sides, if that's a good ribeye, the sides shouldn't be showing. That ribeye should just flop over and flop over and flop over, amen? Come on. I'm killing y'all, I know. But, but that's a good ribeye, all right? That's a good, like, like if I want a chicken fried steak, where am I going? Green wheel of chilies with, 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 with green chili uh, gravy right down on I-27. You go to Green Willie's, you're going to get a serious chicken fried steak. But, but, but get the green chili gravy. That's the only way to go. But that's not, that's not what you get at Old West Steakhouse. So, so the waitress comes, and, and, and we're sitting there, and he puts down our meal. And they put them down at the same time. And they put mine down, and I'm like, mm, that's what I'm talking about. Because I can't see but only one side of my plate, amen? And that side is reserved for the baked potato. And that's good. That, you can have that side. But the mother three shouldn't be showing. If you're showing, it's, it's not a good steak. And so I can't see my plate. I'm good. And I look at him, and he's got chicken fried steak. And that dude looks at me like, he looks at my plate, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? He goes, dude, I can't see your plate. I'm like, because it's a ribeye. That's what they do here, right? So we take several bites into our meal. He's taking about three bites, and I'm taking about three bites, and I've enjoyed all three of my bites, and my three bites still has not revealed the plate. Still hanging off. He's choked down three bites of chicken and fried steak, and he ain't even found the meat yet. He's still cutting through the batter. That's a ripoff. If you take three bites of a chicken fried steak and you ain't found the meat yet, you should send it back, all right? And he looks at me and says, why are you saying anything? I look at him like, listen to me, big cowboy from Wiley, Texas. I'm telling you right now, I ask you, have you ever eaten here? You said, uh, one steakhouse like another steakhouse. I said, do you want any recommendations on what to order? I'm good. I'm a chicken fried steak kind of guy. I'm like, all right, you got it. Cowboy up and enjoy. He said, I said, I asked you if you were good. You said, I'm good. 
when your man tells another man he's good, then he's good. And he said to me, when I say I'm good, that doesn't mean my good is like you're good. And when I say I'm fine, it doesn't mean that I, my fine's like you're fine. Dude, my good's not your good and my fine's not your fine. You should have told me about the ribeye. I said, well, you shouldn't have said you were good. He said, and next time I ever say I'm good, just understand that my good may not be your good. You need to tell me why your good's good. I said, all right. So we finished. We had a little discussion and we left the restaurant because he's still pouting over his batter chicken fried steak. I don't know if you ever found the meat in there, but I found mine, so I wouldn't worry about it. Plus, I bought, so it doesn't matter. I don't know what he's whining about. So, so here's, here's what I'm, here's, so several years after that, I read a passage of scripture that I've read many times, but God unpacked it totally different from me. Psalm 34, 8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I want you to look at me, church. Have you tasted and have you seen that, the God, that God is good? You see, if you are sitting in this room and you can say, Pastor, oh, God's been so good to me, man. He's been good at me when he saved me. He's been good at me when he turned my life back around and pointed me to him. He's been good to my marriage. He's been good to my family. He's been good with my kids. God's just been good to me. Can I tell you something? If God has been good to you, you need to make much noise about how good your God has been to you. May it be said that the church says so, that the redeemed of the Lord say so. If the Lord has been good to you, sing that song, church. Don't ever stop singing it. If he's redeemed your marriage from the pits of hell, then you sing that song about how good God's been. If he saved you when you were a wretch, when you were nasty, when you, he saved you because he loves you, you sing that song. And you, all of us in here, we have got people that have been placed around our lives. They move in the neighborhoods beside us and across the street. We go to work and people leave and we hire new people and they get put right beside us. We have kids and they go through school and we get connected to families because our kids are in this grade. And then they start playing sports and we get connected to these families, these wives and these husbands because our kids play sports together. Can I say something to you, church? Every time God does that to you, he is waiting and setting you up to tell other people how good your ribeye is so they don't settle for a chicken fried steak, amen. See, we think all these people are doing life like us and they know all about what to order. They don't know what to order. You know what they order? What their families ordered. They, they're walking in habitual sin of generational sin and they don't know how good God is. And if God's redeemed you, tell people that God's redeemed you. If God's been good to you, tell people God's been good to you. There shouldn't be a person working with you, beside you, around you, that you hire, that you don't look across them and say, hey, man, you good? And they say, I'm good. You have to say this. I need you to unpack for me what that good means. Because if that good means chicken fried steak, I'm gonna tell you something, buddy. I got a good that's a ribeye. 
and the plate's not showing. See, a lot of people think they're good, but all they know is good. They just know they're good. They don't know you're good. You see what I mean? They think they're good because they're chicken fried steak kind of men. Dude, if that's all you know, that's all you're going to do. But when you meet a man who's a ribeye man because they know God is good and God's done something incredible in their lives, then you ribeye guys and women gotta be talking about your ribeye because other people around your life are gonna settle for chicken fried steaks, amen? And don't ever let a brother or sister that God's put in your life settle for chicken fried steak when they could have had a ribeye. I'm telling you. See, in this world today, there's a lot of people out there and you bump into them all the time and I say, man, you doing good? Doing good. And I say this all the time. Tell me what that good means. When I bump into them, I say, you doing good? Doing fine. I said, hey, tell me what that fine means. Because if we'll stop long enough to let somebody explain what good means and fine means, we might find out that they're settling for chicken fried steak because they don't even know at this restaurant you can get you a ribeye. And we've got to love people enough to say, you know what? I was once blind, but now I see. I was, I was once a mess, but now God's cleaned me up. I was once this, but now I'm this. My marriage was once this, but now it's this. Once we were out, once we were done, and got, once we were finished as a couple, but God redeemed our marriage and put us out there, and we're this. I want you to go to Psalm 40. Go to Psalm 40 with me. <clears throat> Psalm 40. Y'all waiting on me to go to Psalm 40. <laughs> Preach it, brother. Look at Psalm 40. You're talking about this? Psalm 40 is me and you. Each one of us is Psalm 40. If you have yet to put your name above Psalm 40, you better today because this is us. Every one of us, man. Look at Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slippery pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see, and many will fear, and many will put their faith in the Lord. You know what we need to do, church? A characteristic of a fruit of our tree, if you've been born again and Jesus lives inside of you, and you know he put a seed in you and you cultivate that soil and you got growth in your life and you start putting on fruit and people see your fruit, they see your apples, they see your oranges and they go, dude, how you get apples and oranges like that? You gotta tell them how you got there. You gotta tell them. The redeemed of the Lord's gotta say so. If you were once blind and now you see, you tell them that. Listen to me, there's no time like today that the church of Jesus Christ ought not be singing its song out there. I mean, there's a world out there that is settling for chicken fried steak because they don't even know, man, they could get a ribeye. They don't know. 
And we all think they know because we know. Because our good means we're good in this area. And when they say good, we go, oh, they're good like me. No, they're not good like me. My buddy said, leaving that restaurant, he said, if I ever tell you I'm good, you gotta find out what my good means because my good may not be your good. Amen. Too many of us, man, we got people all around us. They don't know. And they don't know because the church, the redeemed, isn't saying so. Man, I'm telling you, if I ever go out to eat with you, you hear me, and we go to your town, and we go to a steakhouse, and you say, oh, you want a recommendation for what to order? And I say, oh, I'm good. I'm a chicken fried steak kind of guy. And you say, well, I'm telling you, dude, you should listen to me. I'm going to tell you what to order. You better tell me there's a ribeye worth eating here. Because if they bring your ribeye out, I'm going to pick that thing up and whip you with a ribeye at the table. If you eat a ribeye in front of me and I settle for a chicken fried steak, don't do that to me. You got to say so, man. Let me ask you a question, church. How's your say so? How's your say so? What is your say so? Jeff, I don't know what my say so is. Are you born again? Are you saved? Start there. Tell your story, man. Has God redeemed your marriage from the pit, from the mud and the mire? Has he set your marriage on a rock? Then you better sing that song he put in you because many marriages need to see that and many marriages need to hear that because many marriages have put their hope in God, the same God that saved your marriage. But if you don't sing your song, they're gonna settle for a chicken fried steak and you and your wife gonna walk away eating a ribeye. Don't sit on your fruit and don't hide your fruit and don't keep your fruit to yourself. You make much of your fruit because we are called to make disciples. And what fruit does, fruit is a, a fruit basically tells people that you are with Jesus because you're my disciple. That's what your fruit says. And one of the marks of a disciple is that they will make they will baptize people. They will make converts. They will, they, will get, they will win people to Christ. They will share their story with people. I'm gonna give you a little homework this week. You say, well, there's no school, Pastor. Well, there's school. This week, Thanksgiving week, we're gonna sit around tables with family. We're gonna have a lot to eat, all right? And I know you're thankful, I do. But what a beautiful setting, what a beautiful opportunity for you to begin to testify around the table how good God is. Just start. Just may it be a choir in the house, choir wherever you are, of of, of songs of the redeemed saying so. God has been so good. God has been so good. God has been so good. God has been so good here. God has been so good here. God has been so good here. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. It is high time that the church starts saying so.
I believe one of the things that changes this country is when the church of Jesus Christ, when the disciples, when the people saved, begins to actively and regularly and consistently testify out there how good God's been in their life. Because we walk around and we see people that are settling for chicken fried steaks in their life and they're disappointed. And we sit here and we know the ribeye is. And we've been there. We've eaten. We've eaten. We've tasted. We see. We know. And we don't say anything. We just take their good and let it be good. Listen to me. Their good may not be your good. And if it's not, you need to make sure your say-so is saying so. Because people need to know how good God is. They don't know, man. They've lost their hope and they're beat down. It's time for the church. It's time for those who've been born again. Some of those that God put a song in to begin to sing that song. Because when you sing your song, many will see and many will hear and many will put their hope in God. You know who they are. Some of them are in your family. You never testified. Hey, Dad, does your kids know your story? Do they know your say-so? Mom, does your children know your say-so? Some of you got people you've worked with for 5, 6, 10, 15, 20 years. Some of us are closer to people that we work with than our family. Do they know your say-so? Do they hear you say-so? See, they recognize your fruit, but they don't know to ask. And sometimes fruit must talk. Sometimes you gotta let the redeemed of the Lord say-so. Sometimes they'll wanna know about your joy and your peace, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just see it, but they don't know how to ask. I said, John, do you want recommendation on what to order? No, I'm good. (laughs) He wasn't good. He was good until they brought the ribeye out, and he hadn't been good since. He's probably still bitter in Wiley, Texas, all right? He's 56, just like me. I bet he's 56 going, that ponder didn't tell me about that ribeye, all right? Don't let anybody around us, man, that God has ordained, sovereignly ordained and placed around us. Don't let anybody God has put in our path settle for a chicken fried steak when God has ordained and purposed a ribeye for them. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, man. Let him say so. I'm gonna invite you to stay in church. I'm gonna let the worship team come back out. I end this series with one of the most important fruits that you can have on your tree. That's the fruit of say-so. He said, Jeff, I don't have say-so on my tree. Why not? If you've met Jesus and he's changed your life, then you've got to say-so, man. You need to say-so if he changed your life. If he redeemed your marriage, you need to say-so. So church, I'm asking, how's your say-so? Who you just watching, man, eat chicken fried steak and be miserable when you know ribeye's better. We gotta be ribeye kind of people, not chicken fried steak kind of people. No insult to the chicken fried steak people, all right? God's good, man. He's just good. He's been good to me. He's been good to you. If he's been good, why are we quiet? Why are we quiet, man? 
Why? Jeff, my business, man, I started it out of nothing. I didn't even know if I could do it, but I started it. And God blessed it and blessed it and blessed it. And I gave back to God and I trusted him and he, he grew it, man. He grew it. And I've got everything I ever needed, man. Then say so, man. Tell them dudes you've hired your story. Tell them what God did, man. Tell them when you heard God. Tell them when you said yes to God. Tell them when he did it in you because he wants to do it in them. Don't watch him settle for a chicken fried steak when you know you can recommend a ribeye. We got people around us, man. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, amen. What's your say so? Are you saying so? Let me pray for us. Father, your Holy Spirit has met us right where we're at. God, you've spoken our name. For some of us, it's just personal. We're too quiet. We've been redeemed from much and we're not saying it. God's redone us and remade us and made a new marriage for me. He's blessed my life and I don't talk about it. Man, I keep it private. I pray the church becomes loud. I pray the church becomes a choir, a say-so, man. So, Father, I'm asking right now that the Holy Spirit will stir our hearts to be people, women, men, of say-so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If God has been good and you taste it and see that he's good, then don't keep it to yourself, man. Sing the song. And many will see and many will hear and many will put their faith in God. Father, we love you. Be honored now. Move us if we need move, God. Stir us. And if we're in this room and we've never met you, may we come get that rib out of day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.